Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is According to Callus, and we are drifting on into yet another episode of the insanity that goes on in McKinney, Texas. You would think I live in Austin, but we don't. You would think that a bunch of communists run the city. Well, they think they do. I'm sorry, that's not very fair. I'm sorry, progressives. So, as a follow-up to the school board special yesterday, let me just dive in here and let me tell you that it is entirely abundantly clear, or entirely and abundantly clear, that on top of being full of hypocrites, we uh, have tons of cowards. What do I mean? Well, it's like this. I want to be careful. Um, apparently, uh, some of my commentary last night maybe could possibly be construed as a threat. And all I'll say to that is, no, I don't make threats. I may joke. I may hint at or I may um, use a little hyperbole when discussing on things that maybe could happen. But it won't be me doing it. First of all, there's no war going on, so I have no desire nor need to take action in any physical way, shape, or form. Um, I will defend my wife and my family and my life. Beyond that, eh, it's just politics. But that's part of the problem. Everybody thinks it's just politics, but it's not. These are the people that allow this stuff to happen. They write it all off. They just say, ah, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's just people talking. It reminds me of something that I once heard as a descriptor of some of the folks that were in Europe in the late 1930s. And they kept saying, well, that'll never happen here. That's just people talking. They don't really mean it. They're, they're not going to really act on it. And when those things happened, they were kind of shocked. But the thing is, is those same people were working up to those actions. They were work, working up to the way that they were going to act out. So it really shouldn't have been a surprise when a good number of those things that occurred, occurred because the warning signs were there all along. And for those of you that are unaware of the historical period of time I'm referring to, I can't help you. You need to go read a book or even watch a movie, preferably one that's about 30 years old, and you'll get to see it. I'm not going to give you both sides of the story because, quite frankly, <laughs> Hollywood and the entertainment industry in general have been doing that for quite some time. And honestly, that's probably the one area, the one era in time that they actually do a halfway decent job of telling all sides of the story except for one <clears throat> see that we, we can justify lots of bad things that happen because we're fighting a greater evil we we can excuse a lot of bad behavior of our team because the other team's worse that should be the takeaway that you get from that era uh, 1939, uh, probably about 1947. All right. Everything is excused, but it's happened before in our own country. 
I'm going to drift into a what I would call dangerous territory right now. That would be from 1860 to about 1865. You had a group of people that decided that we want to do things our own way and without defending some of the things they wanted to do, they chose to exercise the right to go about doing them. And then another group of people said, um, well, we don't so much mind that you do the thing that we don't want you to do, but you can't go do it on your own. You, you have to stay part of the big club here. And now that you've said that you don't want to do that anymore, we're going to punish you. It was like they were in a abusive marriage and they were playing the role of the overly aggressive, abusive husband who in this case was not drunk on whiskey, but drunk on power. But hey, we excused everything that they did north of the Mason-Dixon line because, you know, they were just slightly better than the other group south of the Mason-Dixon line. And, And I would say that if you met an honest scholar, he would point out that the two sides of the party here actually supported and wanted the same things. It just one wanted to control the other and the other didn't want to be controlled anymore. But they could both be bad guys. I've used the same reference of both sides being bad when talking about what's going on right now in the Ukraine. So let me get to the point at hand. The point at hand. Um, No, I don't want to ban books. I don't want to burn books. I don't want anybody else doing that. That's a straw man argument put up by some people who want to manipulate other people. And sadly, it works. Both sides fall into the same thing all the time. We're going to trot out some BS argument about what the other side believes and everybody goes in lockstep. Instantaneously, everybody let's say three degrees right of center immediately defends whatever it is or attacks whatever it is. And everybody that's three degrees left of center does the exact opposite of what the guys on the right of center do. And why is that? Because you're predisposed to do that. They know that and they just push your buttons and you act like obedient automatons, like the Pavlov's dog of politics. So, I'm going to do my best in the next five to ten minutes here to give a, according to Callus, objective view of what exactly is going on here. So, you have a governor who, uh, let's just say, is not super popular with the certain portion of the group of people that are going to get him reelected. And he wants to curry favor with these people. So he creates a list and he doesn't just necessarily create the list on his own. Oh no. He gets other people to help him. Some people that are in good standing, they can give him cover and he creates this list and he puts it out there and I'll be right back to explain why the list provides a distraction. Now, there's truth in the list. The, the problem that the list denotes is real. 
And unfortunately, as I elaborated on yesterday, the vast majority of the people have no idea what's going on here. Those that defend it really don't know what they're defending. Those that attack it really don't know what they're attacking. But again, we're going to take a step back. We've had this list created by a governor to make himself look better, uh, to create a nice, convenient campaign policy, perhaps, or maybe it was just the next thing in the line of distractions that were created for us. Who can say? Oh, and how's that COVID, by the way? Oh, oh and there's a war on. Oh, 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 and, you know, the latest crisis is here. Oh, oh don't worry, Beto's running for office. Oh, panic, panic, panic. No, take a step back. Let's look at this. I'm going to put my According to Callus objective hat on firmly, and it is not made of tinfoil hat. No, 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 it's a felt hat. An old school wide-brim fedora. The one that a character called The Question might be wearing. And I'm going to drift into the mode of, what are the connections? What's going on here? So I'm going to presuppose a number of things without having read any of the books, without even knowing what the names of the books are, without even knowing what the titles, topics, or general areas of interest are. Now, I've heard all the answers, mind you, but I haven't investigated for myself. Why, you ask, Stephen? Why, Callus, would you talk about this without not knowing? Well, I don't think I need to know. Now, let me give you the reason why. There are 800 books on the list. 200 some odd books are apparently in the McKinney public school system. Now, I know some people that have read all or some or just a few of these books. And they all have the similar disposition that these are not good books. These are not appropriate for children. These are things that while they may or may not have literary value, have no educational value, should not be present in a grade school. And of course, those are my friends. Those are my allies. I know there's other people on the other side of the aisle, right? The three degrees left of center that would argue vehemently the other way. And here's the thing. I don't know. It's not that I don't care. It's I don't know. Now I'm very comfortable with taking some of my friend's word for what's present there. But here's the other issue at hand. We have more than one issue or topic that has been lumped into this 800 some odd books. Now, some of them have to do with CRT. And, you know, that was the previous boogeyman. It's actually still there. And for those of you that aren't aware, that stands for critical race theory or race Marxism or whatever else you want to call it. Um, Basically, people like me are at fault for all the world's ills. Yeah, that's a big seller with me, let me tell you. But regardless if you think it's valid or not valid, it's probably something that doesn't need to be taught or mm, modeled for grade schoolers. The elementary school really ought not be benefiting from some luminary discussion of some esoteric uh, legal theory that describes how there's disparate impacts on certain laws and now we've blown it up into this whole other thing where I'm the bad guy. I'm the epitome of all that is wrong. But again, that's just one issue. Then, of course, there's the alphabet stuff, right? Um, 
some would call it perversion. Some would call it mm, mental illness. Some would call it uh, sick. Some would just say, oh, it's pleasure and love is love. I don't care about any of that. There's no reason why a sixth grader needs to have a manual or a description of that kind of behavior. And anybody that would provide it to a sixth grader or younger, there's another word that begins with P that might describe what that individual is. And I don't mean parent. Yet, we're supposed to all turn a blind eye to this. But nevertheless, I'm digressing. So that's one other set of books. Then there are another group of books that are the actual description of, let's call it, purient behavior, right? The pornography stuff, right? The the, the stuff that, you know, your average 12, uh, 12-year-old boy would uh, be somewhere between amused and aroused. Again, not something that you provide to a minor child. You're supposed to keep that stuff away from them. You want them to develop naturally. You don't want them to be messed up in the head. But apparently in today's day and age when we can't tell a boy from a girl or a man from a woman or, oh, I don't know, whether a piece of cloth can block a virus or not. You know, we're supposed to trust the science, but we reject it when it's convenient. Both sides of the aisle do it. Don't let anybody fool you. What are we supposed to do? So, without looking at this stuff, let's just assume the following. Play this um, thought experiment with me. You know nothing about this issue. You overhear many people talking about it. A good number of your friends are very upset about it. And they have good reason, and they've read you excerpts, and they've provided you some evidence. But then you think, but there's 300 books there. They can't all be bad. They can't all be awful. There's a good number of people that are defending them, saying that they're great and they provide this extraordinary protection and love towards their child. Again, not defending it one way or the other, just trying to give you both sides of the argument. So you have 300 books. Now, if we look at a standard bell curve, um, the medium or the middle, is going to generally take up 50% of the total number of books. So let's say there's 150 books that we can safely say are probably just fine. And I'm going to say probably because, you know, uh, the church lady might not agree with me. And by that, I'm referring to the character that was formerly on SNL, who was a pearl clutcher and you know, got upset about all other things. But so let's say that half of the books, eh, they're maybe rise an eyebrow, maybe make you uncomfortable, but there's some redeeming value there. We're just, we're just going to be gracious and say that. And then the other half, there's really no redeeming value there. But now let's extrapolate it out even further. Let's say that there are 50% of the total books that both sides are not really thrilled with, but maybe they acknowledge that there's, yeah, those are okay. I mean, they're not ideal. If we give them the junior hires or high schoolers, eh, it'd probably be all right. 
That's at least 25% that both sides don't approve of, at least in theory, right? So the question is, is how do you solve the problem? Now, we've had solutions, we've had discussions, but apparently when you bring that up, you're talking about a forbidden topic. You're a book burner. You're Nazi. You're evil. You're on a witch hunt. Which reminds me, this is pretty good song. No, no, I'm off task. Um, The idea is that you cannot question the narrative. You must accept. And now these same woke scolds, who a few years ago were telling us we needed to ban Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn, right? Those had to be banned. Are now the same people that are defending some of the trash that's currently available. And the people that are currently trying to ban that trash are upset that they had banned Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer and other books like that. So there's this whole idea floating around out here called age appropriateness. I'm going to submit to you that your average 16-year-old is probably capable of reading just about anything on that list, if it interests them, and probably not being warped in the head for the rest of their life. I would also guarantee you that the vast majority of those 16-year-olds would never even finish most of those books, would probably never even check them out in the first place. And let's just be extremely gracious and say there's 5% of the students that actually gained something or gained something positive out of reading some of those books. Even let's just, no, I'm not going to go. We're going to exempt the trash books. We're going to say 25% are just worthless, but the other 75%, maybe 5% of the kids that check it out actually find some value in there. So the question is, do we punish 95% by having them present? Or do we protect the 5% that get some benefit? Good question. Again, the school board, the school district had the opportunity to solve this. If they would have just been upfront and honest about it. If they would have just said, well, we have safeguards in place. We have different things we could do. But they didn't. In fact, they were still to this day refused to address the issue. They like having everybody stirred up and showing up and creating a ruckus. We make each other look bad because we go back and forth on these straw man arguments. You know, I'm not really sure what I think about it. You know, I'm again, my default answer is if it's in the high school and a kid's reading it, Man, I, I as their parent, I wouldn't go for that, but that's not my kid. And because it's not my kid, I'm quite hesitant to interfere. It falls down on that parent. The parent's responsibility to look after their own children. And we all know there are lots of parents that refuse to do that. They won't look after their children. In fact, that's why we have so many of the problems that we have today. So rather than fighting amongst ourselves, beating each other up, making accusations, perhaps, I don't know, we should sit down and talk about it. Perhaps we should have 
a forum discussing the values that maybe are present in some of these texts. And I'm being extremely generous here, but I'm just giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. I don't have any high hope that that's going to happen. And quite frankly, I'm in no mood to protect pornographic materials being given to sixth graders. But that's not what we're talking about, is it? No, no. Most of this material is in the slightly older grades. So they have the little plausible deniability, a little a little gray area they can work in. But that doesn't make it better. That doesn't make it okay. I mean, somehow grooming is okay now because it's in the school system? Is that how this is going to work? Somehow manipulating kids to be okay with that kind of, mm, so we say, exposure or behavior when they're too young to even drive? I'm troubled by that, and you ought to be too. But if you can't have an honest discussion about it, if you're not willing, if you're not willing to at least hear the other side out, perhaps you're the problem. And while we're talking about the problem, let's discuss what's being done right now. Yeah, there's one side. They're in control of the school board. In fact, they run most of the schools. But they won't listen to anybody. They could care less about what your concerns are. They say they want to protect the children. But honestly, most of what they're doing looks like they're trying to groom the children and program the children to do whatever it is that they want them to do. Their obedience is worth more than their education. I, for one, am not good with that. I, for one, expect for more. I, for one, demand that we change the system. And really, there's two ways to do that. And we will talk about that more on the next episode of According to Callus. I will see you on the other side.